Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is former WWE superstar Al Snow, and I have created the wrestling brand, Collar and Elbow Brand. It's wrestling apparel made by a wrestler for the wrestling fan in all of us. The love, the passion you have for wrestling is in this apparel. Collarandelbowbrand.com. Buy it today and also round up your purchase and help support the former wrestlers who made it possible for you to love wrestling today. Go to collarandelbowbrand.com and help support Cauliflower Alley Club and their charitable efforts. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. That's right, Jack. I am the man of the hour, the man with the power. Too sweet to be sour. How you doing, folks? On this special edition of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, we're going to be covering NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam. That's right, SummerSlam weekend. I got one of my favorite pro wrestling journalists and Philip Lindsay. Phil Lindsay's going to be on the show, and, and he's going to break down his thoughts on who's going to win and why. You know, really have an in-depth conversation about the WWE product in general. And we do so by going over the matches for NXT and SummerSlam. So I really think you're going to enjoy that, especially you fans who really enjoy the, the heavier wrestling content that we do sometimes on the show. So that should be fun. Uh, and, and that's really going to be the bulk of everything. I'll have a few words afterwards, but before we get into any of that, I want to give a, a heartfelt shout-out. Uh, we've had some some really terrible tragedies that have happened in our United States over the past week, and it's really an extension of something that's been happening for a number of years now. Uh, just domestic terrorism, man. It's, it's just really been, been terrible. And unfortunately, we lost a number of lives. I mean, I think the count is at least 29 people over the past week, which is just insane. So I just definitely want to give my personal shout out and, and, and let you know that not only am I thinking about you, those who, who have lost their lives, those who have lost loved ones to some of these tragedies that have happened recently. I'm not only thinking about you, I'm actively reaching out to my elected officials and holding them accountable. What are they going to do about this domestic terrorism issue that we have? What are they going to do about, you know, white supremacists who are committing acts of terrorism? It, it, it all needs to stop. It all needs to stop. And we need to be honest with ourselves about it. And it's not enough to just say, oh, that's terrible and thoughts and prayers. No. You need to call. You need to email. You need to write. Social media message. I prefer the email or social media message because there's a record of it. Contact your local elected officials. Contact your elected officials in Washington, including Trump. 
and let them know that something needs to be done and it can't be lip service anymore. We, we need a, a concrete domestic terrorism law that defines what the acts are in relation to what domestic terrorism is because we don't have that on the books now. People can say that they investigate, they're going to treat it like a domestic terrorism investigation, but there's no one act that you can point to and say that's domestic terrorism. Unfortunately, the law is not, it's not defined that way. That needs to change. When, when, when people are going out committing mass murders and attempted murders, it, you know, it is what it is, especially when they have these manifestos and things like that. Contact your local elected officials. It's, it's Again, it's not enough to talk about it. Thoughts and prayers are not getting us anywhere. We need action. We need advocacy. And the best advocacy is letting the people in office know, you're not going to get my vote going forward if you don't make this a priority and bring about some change. And I don't have all the answers of what change looks like, but I can tell you that starting with the law... We need to define domestic terrorism and arm our judicial branch with enough to charge and convict those who are committing these mass murders, especially in the name of whatever supremacy or religion or whatever it is that nationalism, whatever they're they're using as an excuse for this nonsense. Okay, this is bigger than, than, than pro wrestling folks. This is this is life affects us all. Those are my words on that. And like I said, I'm not going to spend too much time on, on too many other things. We're going to get straight to the SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver review with Phil Lindsay. And then after that, I'm going to have a few more thoughts. But enjoy. So like I said, folks, I mean, it's SummerSlam weekend, you know, one of the most exciting periods on the wrestling calendar. And I figure, let me get somebody that really knows what they're talking about that's really deep into covering pro wrestling and knows what's going on, especially with the WWE product today. And who better than the man from Daily DDT, from Bell to Bells, a guy who's been a freelancer whose work I've been very uh, impressed with and appreciated for a couple years here. Uh, The one, the only, Mr. Phil Lindsay. How are you, Phil? I'm good. I'm great. How are you? Very well, very well. You know, it's it's funny, Phil. When I think back to SummerSlam, which you know it's one of the the big four pay-per-views on the WWE calendar. Most years previously, the build has felt more spectacular. You know, there's been more anticipation and what have you. I don't feel that way this year, although I do feel like we're still going to get a solid in-ring quality match pay-per-view. When I say that, what comes to your mind? What's your impression on the build? Uh, well, I just think it's because there are more pay-per-views than there used to be. So it's like you're jumping from one event to the next so quick. So you you have stuff that you had to build for Extreme Rules, right? And then you're, like, jumping immediately in the SummerSlam. It's like there's not much space for storylines to breathe anymore. That's, that's an interesting assessment. That's an interesting. Do, do you think that that hurts or helps, possibly not even affect the overall experience for the, the fan base? Uh, I think it kind of hurts it because I mean, if you look at 
stuff coming in the takeover for this weekend. A lot of that stuff has had a lot of room because the last takeover was, what, two months ago, I think? So you, you had a lot of stuff to build on in between there, and it's not just, it doesn't feel as rushed. Good call, good call. And, and you brought it up, so let's just dig right into it. Uh, we have uh, TakeOver, which, you know, this is the NXT brand. This is TakeOver Toronto 2019. First match on the card that's listed is Candice LeRae versus Iro Shirai, and that's just a regular singles match. What's your take on that match, and, and who do you think is going to come out victorious? Uh, it's been interesting. I mean, I really like what they're doing with EO. I really like the heel turn. Um it's kind of interesting to me because you can kind of tell that the part for Candace was meant to be for Kyrie. I could be wrong, but it kind of seems like it. Um, and, I mean, I have no problem with Candace being there with that said because I think she's been long overdue some kind of program or something to sink her teeth in. Um, as far as my pick to win, I think I have to go with EO because... Uh, she just made the turn, and I don't. I don't think they will have her lose her first match up the gate as a heel. That's that's an interesting concept, and and for folks who may not be as familiar with Ido Shirai, I mean, this isn't her first go round being a heel in her career. I mean, she she did yeah. it in Lucha Underground. She she did it in Japan with the Joshi stuff. And she, in my opinion, she's a she's a more effective heel than she is a babyface. I, I, I really like yeah, that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, so I, I I agree. I think that she that that heel turn that she had and that mean streak that she's displaying, which, in all honesty, I would say that she she was in the May Young Classic, right? If I, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't, wasn't yeah. she in the last? Yeah. So she showed a mean. She made streak. all the way to the final. Right. Exactly. She showed a mean streak going all the way up to the finals. I mean, she definitely wasn't wrestling like a traditional babyface. In fact, the match in particular, when she took on um, uh, Robbie Brookside's daughter, uh, she was really nasty and really aggressive in that match. So it's just that's her style, which I, I love. I, I'm going to go with you there with, with Ido. I think she's going to win that match, and I can see her eventually being NXT Women's Champion, probably by the time we hit WrestleMania next year. I think that would Yeah, I, I agree. So that's, that's good stuff there. The next match is uh, the match for the NXT Women's Championship. And, you know, keep in mind, folks, I'm, I'm, I'm listing these matches as WWE has listed it thus far. I believe, you know, on the day of, they're going to change the order and what have you, which they always do. So they'll... I don't think they're going to have two women's matches back-to-back to start the, the card. That would be very disappointing and insulting, quite frankly, and I don't think WWE is that foolish. But anyway, uh, the next match listed is the NXT Women's Championship. Shayna Baszler, who's a champion currently, taking on Mia Yim. What's your take on this match, and who do you think is going to come out victorious? Uh, logic would dictate, you know, Mia should win, because I think... It's got to be like a big, major, like, babyface character to beat Shayna. But I'm not sure if it's going to be Mia Young. I kind of feel like Shayna's going to retain. I don't know why. It's just a gut feeling. I kind of have a feeling she's going to retain. 
that that's a that's a good take there and, and I'll tell you, I'm very confused with the way that Mia Yim has been handled thus far. Uh she was used primarily as enhancement talent before she was finally given a real deal in NXT. And you know, thus far, I mean, she's taken some pretty significant losses. It just doesn't seem to me that's the way that you're gonna build a person who's going to be a future star in that promotion. You know, it's well, what's that? No, I was just gonna say what the the only way the only thing I would say is I think that was the whole point of having her uh kinda of go over Bianca in the last few weeks well not weeks, months in their feud. Just to, you know, separate the two and make Mia the contender going into Toronto. Um but I just feel like I almost feel like Bianca's kind of the stronger contender to end up beating Shayna. But I, I I'm not sure. I, I you you have to assume somebody's gonna beat Shayna between now and end of the year because they're not gonna keep her in NXT much longer. That's a good point. And, and but here's the thing that that confuses me, and, and you'll have to refresh my memory. I don't remember anyone beating Oscar for the NXT Women's Championship. Did she uh, no. lose it, or she she vacated it? She vacated it because she had the shoulder injury. So this is what I'm talking about. It just they had every chance in the world to beat Shayna Baszler, especially the last time when she when she faced Bianca. Uh, yeah, know, that was the time when that that Sam yeah. Roberts said some derogatory things that was just insulting and ridiculous saying Bianca had no business being in that match, which is just ridiculous. Uh, but I can I can see a situation where Shayna actually does not lose the title to anybody. She moves up to the main roster as a monster. Interesting. Uh, I can see her moving up with the title, but I think it would be a mistake. You kind of put her as the big shark in the water, and... I think it would do a disservice to the rest of the division if you don't have someone beat her, because someone, someone on a roster deserves the rub. And if you don't do that, then you kind of, you kind of leave the rest of the division kind of languishing until someone becomes champion. And I mean, if I'm right and I think EO is going to be champion eventually, you're just jumping from one heel to the next. Yeah, and I, I don't know how that works at all. It, it, Although I will say with the mean streak that Mia Yim has been displaying, it does kind of feel like they're leaving a little room for Shayna Baszler and her crew. It does seem like they're, they're leaving a little room for them to turn babyface, which would just be odd. I don't I don't even know how that would feel. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think the other horsewomen are going to show up, but I, I'm just not sure. My... <laughs> Logic is telling me that Mia should win, but I just got feeling I think Mia's going to lose. Yeah, same here, same here. I, I, I'm going with Shayna Baszler decisively beating Mia Yim. I think they need to repackage Mia. She possibly should be put in some kind of tag team situation just to get her in a position where she can teach a younger talent and she can be the veteran of the team and, and give her an opportunity to re-showcase her skills and eventually move up to the main roster in, in that way and then break them off. But I, just, now, I, 
I think they've really dropped the ball with how they've presented her NXT thus far, and so I, I can't imagine she would win this match. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I've been enjoying, I enjoyed the feud with Bianca. Mm. I enjoy some of the stuff with um, Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah. Ooh, but, love them. But, I mean, that, that just brings up a, a good point where you're saying she should join a tag team. There's so much potential for tag teams in NXT, um, just in terms of, like, you've got Rena Gonzalez and uh, Rhea Ripley that makes a good tag team. Uh, Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah, they're good at the tag team. I think, like, Mia Yemi, you could put her with, um, I don't know, Zia Lee or somebody else. Zia Lee would be perfect. Here's a, here's a young wrestler, and you got Mia Yim, who's the veteran, and, and Mia can, can kind of help finish Zaya because I think Zaya has a lot of potential. She just hasn't been put in a position where the growth is there. You know, it's, it's coming along a lot slower than you would expect in a in a – a, a university setting like an NXT, so it's you, you put it with a veteran like Mia Yim, and, and she's probably going to blossom. Yep. Phil Lindsay is a guy that is a, a very serious women's wrestling fan, and 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 somebody who understands it and and, and really follows it, which is why he reports on it so well, and it has been for a number of years. So, you know, this is this is really a thrill to to talk women's wrestling that in depth with somebody who actually gives a damn about it. So <laughs> I many people, it. Well, so many people who write about wrestling, quite frankly, don't. And you can tell in, in, in the quality of their writing when it comes to discussing women's wrestling, which is really a disappointment. So it's, it is refreshing to talk to someone like yourself who gets it, because then we can we can talk for real, you know, not, not just surface crap. Uh, moving on now, uh, Velveteen Dream versus Pete Dunne versus Roderick Strong for the NXT North American Championship. What a match. That could, that could be a, a, a match that headlines most pay-per-views. Well, what do you think about that match, and who do you think is going to come out on top? I think it's going to be a great match. It could easily be the best match on the card. Um, I, I kind of think it's going to be a big night for Undisputed Era. I think Roddy's going to win. Um, okay, just, what, what makes you say that? I guess that's a that's an interesting pr- prediction. There, what, what brings you to that conclusion? Something's telling me Roddy's going to win, and it's going to be something like they get like this close to all four of them having gold because they've been talking about it since last year, and then one of them's going to lose. Now I can't decide in my brain is it going to be Roddy or is it going to be Adam, but I feel like one of them's going to lose and it's going to cause dissension. So I'm. Right now, I'm picking Roddy to win. Wow, that's a, that's a big prediction there. So this is this is the first time you and I are going to uh, part ways, which I'm sure won't be the last. Uh, Roderick Strong beating Velveteen Dream Pete Dunne. That's a, that's a prediction. I I don't know what's going on with Velveteen Dream. I feel like here we go again, where you have a, a character who's way over was primed and ready to make it to the next level. They could have made him NXT champion two years ago, and for yeah. whatever reason, they just didn't pull the trigger. Which, you know, quite frankly, and, and, and let me let me sidebar for a second. I was talking to um, a good friend of mine who also is a, is a wrestling journalist, and I brought up the fact to him. I said, you know, we haven't even had a single black NXT champion. Yeah, yeah. 
fact, who was who? Uh, Big E. He was the first. Oh, he I beat, that was um, he, he beat Rollins. That wasn't FCW. Nope. He beat Seth Rollins. Or who did he beat? I think he beat Seth Rollins because I think he's the second NXT champion. I have to <laughs> check my facts on that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're, you know what? I think you're right because Rollins was the first. He was the inaugural, and Big E was the next person beat him for. Okay, so we've had one. Think of all of the black wrestlers that have come through NXT since Big E's been on the main roster. You mean to tell me you couldn't put that championship on any of them? And, and yeah, I thought and, Apollo should have been yeah. champion. Oh, man. If Apollo was, was NXT champion, he would be a big deal on the main roster now. Yep. You, yep. You, you, you present people who you want to be stars as important. You don't just put them out there languishing which is something that I feel is happening to Keith Lee right now, where it's like, Jesus, here's a guy that can destroy everybody, and, and you treat him like he's nothing. And I, I don't even understand what's going on with that. But I, I digress. Uh, I can see Velveteen Dream debuting on, on SmackDown when they move to Fox in October. Mm-hmm. I, I can see him being on that first show. I can see him being on Raw as a way to put some more star power on that because SmackDown is, is debuting on Fox. So I, I think Velveteen Dream is going to drop that championship soon enough, and this would be a great time for him to, to lose it. But I feel like a guy like Pete Dunne, I just, something about him, man, I, 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 I just feel like they're going to put the championship on him. Yeah. The, the quality matches that he can provide you, that, that's a hell of a champion going forward. Well, the only reason why I really think Pete, that Pete's going to lose, too, is that I can see them going back to the Roddy and Pete feud that they had before when they were tag team. And I, I kind of think if Pete wins, it kind of puts a it kind of puts a line under the, under it for now. But I think if Roddy wins, especially if he cheats, I think then you can keep that feud going and keep Pete on NXT for a while. Good call. Good call. And, and what do you think about my prediction with Velveteen Dream? Do you, do, you, do you see him being moved up in October, or do you think they're still going to hold on to him for a while? I think he's ready. I think he's going to move on. I, I've i been saying for a while, since he won the North American Championship especially, that I don't think he's going to win a big title before he moves up, which is kind of a shame. But I just – because I think he's ready, and um, I don't think he gains anything by staying at this point. Other than winning a big title, I think he's lost. I, I think I think by not making him the NXT champion two years ago, when his popularity was really at a fever pitch, I think they lost a lot of momentum. And I yeah. think now it's it's starting to almost trail off a little bit, where it's like, all right, we've kind of seen this, and you're not really doing much with him. So, <laughs> what, if, what do we? What do you want now? You know? Yeah, and the NXT title picture is going to get is getting more and more crowded too. I mean, you've got Strickland coming in. Well, not Strickland, I'm sorry. Isaiah Scott. You have um, Jordan Miles, who's great. You have you got so many other new guys there. There, Kushida. It's it's just going to get more and more crowded. So I just feel like he's he's bound to move up. Good call. Good call. Uh, next match listed we have for the NXT Tag Team Championship: the Street Profits versus the Undisputed Era of. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. 
So what do you think about this match and who's going to be victorious? Well, just to go back into my prediction for the whole show, I think Undisputed is going to have a big night. I think they're going to win, which kind of sucks for Street Profits because their reign hasn't really gotten a chance to go anywhere. But I just feel like they're going to move the title to Undisputed Era. Good call, and, and you know what? I'm going to agree with you on that one for this reason. I, I, I think that they've proven the Street Profits do not need a championship at this point. They're, they're getting over on the main roster with the little hosting segments that they're doing. You know, people are, are looking forward to it and responding positively to it. They don't need a championship in NXT in order to be somebody in the overall scheme of the company. So, you know, for O'Reilly and Bobby Fish to win those championships, I think that's going to do more for them in the long run than keeping it on the Street Profits. In fact, I I would certainly consider moving the Street Profits up completely. Yeah. Uh, well, so they primed and primed for October again when we have the, the, the SmackDown on Fox and, and USA continuing to have Raw, but we have a complete revamp of the entire product there. Yeah. Uh yeah, and see, I'm a little bit worried about them moving up because I think they might get lost in the shuffle because there's so many tag teams on the main roster that aren't doing anything. But I just really don't see them... I don't see them retaining and then staying on the on NXT long after that anyway. So I just... I, I figure even if they don't retain, they might get a rematch, but they're not going to stay very much longer after that. Good call. Good call. All right, so now we got the main event. The main event of NXT TakeOver Toronto 2019 here. Two out of three falls match for the NXT Championship. Adam Cole, baby, versus Johnny Wrestling, a.k.a. Johnny Gargano. What do you think about the match, and who do you think is going to win? Uh, I think Adam Cole is going to lose. I want him to win. <laughs> Adam Cole is my guy. I really thought he should have won the first time, so I was super excited when he won the second time. But I think he's going to lose this time because I feel like, you know, like I said earlier, they're, gonna, they're setting up this dissension among the Undisputed Era. And I feel like they're going to, at some point, go back to his issues with Roddy. I don't think that went away. And if Roddy wins, like I predicted, and Adam loses... <laughs> that kind of puts them back at odds in a way. It's it's interesting. And, and, and first of all, I, I don't disagree with you. I think Adam Cole definitely loses that championship. It, it's interesting because FS1, Fox Sports 1, they're promised uh, some original programming from WWE, and they're going to be doing some things, including – Something like Talking Smack, where they have a studio show. Um, but there's a, a, a very strong appetite, both on the Fox and the WWE side, to move NXT to FS1. If that officially happens, I'm pretty certain they're going to extend it to a two-hour program, which means you're going to have more room for more matches and more storylines and things like that. I got a feeling... And, and, and tell me if you if you catch what I'm laying down here. 
I got a feeling that Undisputed Era is going to stay in NXT. I don't think they're going to be moving up to the main roster anytime soon, if ever. And whether they're together or not, I think these guys are going to be NXT mainstays, which means, you know, it's a possibility that, like you said, there's going to be a further feud from Adam Cole. He's he's one of the most popular wrestlers in NXT. Everyone says Adam Cole, Bay Bay. Kids love saying it, which is a very strange thing to me. Because the guy is pretty, and you just look at him, he just looks very vanilla. There's nothing, he's not wearing a mask, he's not doing flippy things and all over the place. But kids love saying Adam Cole, Bay Bay, they love the guy. So he, he works. Um, so uh, you would expect somebody like that to get moved up to the main roster because it's like, okay, we, we've done what we had to do. This guy's a star now, let's, let's move along. I can see him and the rest of those guys staying in NXT. Do you get that same feeling, or do you think that at least Adam Cole is going to be moving up soon? Well, I do get that feeling that Undisputed Era is going to stay in NXT for a while, but I think I think Adam's the guy that it's only so long you can keep him on NXT because he's just so popular. He's already been in a rumble, um, so he's already got main roster recognition. It's only a matter of time before he moves up, and that's kind of why I feel like they're sowing the seeds of him him having issues with Roderick, because I can see them splitting him up for the time being, at least, and and Roddy can lead, um, and Adam Cole can move up. But of course, because the main roster doesn't acknowledge what happens in the on NXT, that doesn't set them up to fail later but they because they could always still move undisputed up and they could still work as the four of them because they won't acknowledge the split. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? You're probably uh, a lot closer to what's going to happen than I am. I, I'm doing my fantasy booking thing but you're following along based on what's being presented to you and what you say is there's a lot more logic to that. So tip my hat to it. Now, folks, that was the, the NXT TakeOver card. Let's move up to SummerSlam, the official main card, which is happening this Sunday on uh, the WWE Network. Again, we're talking to wrestling journalist Phil Lindsay, and, you know, this guy's been giving us some solid takes here. Let's start with the first listed match, Phil. We have a uh, singles match for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Drew Gulak, who's his current champion, versus Oni Lorcan. What do you think about this match, and who's going to win? Uh, I think Gulak's going to win. I think Gulak's going to be champion for a while. I think he, he's he been deserving for so long to be champion. Uh, he got so many people over that were champion before him. And I think he's possibly one of the best wrestlers on the brand. I think he's going to hold that title for a while. You know what's interesting about Drew Gulak? Um, first of all, I agree with you. I, I, I can't see Oni Lorcan beating him. And I don't think that... I mean, Oni, Oni would be an interesting champion. He's a better tag team wrestler, in my opinion, than a singles wrestler. And, and shout out, you know, he's a Boston guy, just like I am. Drew Gulak is kind of in the, the Natty Neidhart spot, where he's a wrestler coach. Uh, Brian Kendrick, same situation. People who, behind the scenes, they're doing a lot of training 
and a lot of uh, in-the-ring stuff with some of the younger stars and, and helping them hone their craft. And like you said, I think that putting the championship on him was, was more of a doing him a solid, like saying, listen, Drew, you didn't have to sit here and do what you've been doing, busting your butt at the performance center, helping to train people, uh, some of the wrestlers who've been injured, who are coming back, he's been in the ring helping them out. In fact, I think he was one of the people who was helping out Batista get ready for his match with Triple H uh, at WrestleMania, which is an interesting factoid that a lot of folks may not know. Yeah, but, he, um, he trained with everybody, didn't he? He trained with Sasha for a little bit. He absolutely. trained with uh, Finn Balor, I think. Well, his brother was an Olympic um, caliber wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just in their blood. It's something that they they do, both Drew and his brothers. And and as a result, WWE realized, hey, <laughs> we can do a lot more with this guy. You know what I mean? Like it, it's instead of just yeah. being a superstar, he's a he's a damn coach who can be out there coaching. So that's it. Just takes it to the next level. So I agree. I, I think he's going to keep the championship, and they're going to continue to build somebody up who he's been working with, who will eventually defeat him. And it will probably probably won't happen before WrestleMania, to be honest. No, I think he's going to hold the title well into the next year. Good stuff. Good stuff. Next match, we have uh, Charlotte Flair versus Trish Stratus. Okay, so we have the Hall of Famer taking on, you know, who pound for pound many folks consider the best women's wrestler in the world. What's your take on this match and who you think is going to win? Uh, yeah, this is clearly going to be Sasha. I can't see, <laughs> I can't see Trish coming back for a final match and beating supposedly the best wrestler of this generation. I just can't see it. <laughs> now, you see what you just did there? You said it's going to be Sasha. When this I'm sorry. Match was Charlotte versus Trish. Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte. No, sorry. don't be sorry. And I know why you said it. you think it's going to be Sasha. We all miss Sasha. <laughs> we all miss Sasha. We all miss <laughs> Sasha Banks, number one. And number two, the the one match that Trish Stratus begged for. She begged the WWE, if, I, if I'm going to come back and do anything, the one person I want to work with. I don't want to work with Alexa Bliss right away. I don't want to work with Charlotte right away. I want to work with the, the, the person that my daughter looks up to, Sasha Banks. That's what Trish Stratus told them. That was supposed to, and I think this match was really supposed to be that. But unfortunately, yeah. it's, just, it's just not going to work out that way. It's Charlotte instead. Um, they really dropped the ball with this. It should have been it should have been Sasha versus Trish at Evolution. Yep. And you know you got the second chance at it. It should have been Sasha versus Trish again. Mm. But it's their fault that Sasha's not there. You know, again, we're going to sidebar here, which I, I know the, the fans like to hear some of this. Some of this dig deep into the real deal here. I got a theory, Phil, and 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 tell me if if I'm making any sense here. We haven't heard directly from the WWE about Sasha, and Sasha has you know dropped some subliminals here and there, but she hasn't addressed this thing directly. Yet we know that she's still on the contract. We know that she's been recently working out her kinks in the ring with WWE-approved trainers. Right. I got a theory. I say this entire time, Sasha Banks was nursing 
a major injury or a collection of injuries. And it's not a situation where she's holding out. It's a situation where she needed the rest. Uh-huh. And this thing blew up the way that it did, and the company's like, we could probably turn this into a storyline, so just don't even address it. Let's just wait until she comes back, and we can do a pipe bomb situation like CM Punk possibly or something like that. But I don't, I don't think this is a necessarily a holdout like a, a Pac or a, or a, a Rey Mysterio previously. I think this is an injury. What, what do you think? If if you're right and if this is an injury, it's genius on both her, both theirs and Sasha's side because they're they're working it magnificently. <laughs> but it's just certain things with it that makes me feel like she's just like actually just taking a break because she just wasn't feeling creative. I mean, just I mean certain things like the you know following AEW. You know, clearly, you know, talking to people over AEW, at least publicly, so other people can see it. And, I mean, to your, to your point, that could be all a work. But it just, I'm not sure if I believe that. I, I, I kind of feel she just got burnt out. Um, and I think she's just taking a break. And, I mean, that doesn't mean she might not be back, but it just it just feels like she's taking a break. Sure. And, and, you know, it's not as if she could ever go to AEW anytime soon. I mean, she still has years on her contract. And oh, I don't know how long her contract is. I believe she still has two years, but not only that, because she hasn't been active for so long, the contract is frozen. So huh. she's, all this time that she's been off, so she's been off since WrestleMania, that time is, is added on to the contract whenever it resumes. So... Well, Unless yeah. AEW were to buy the contract out, which that never happens, uh, she she can't go anywhere, <laughs> at least not in the United States, without getting sued. Right. And, I mean, that's why I say I feel like she's just taking a break. And, I mean, I don't think, you know, you take Meltzer and some of these other guys with a grain of salt, but I don't think so many people would have been reporting just the – way she left and just how abrupt it was if it was an injury. I feel like there's at least some other story behind that that we don't know about. It could it could be anything. I'm not saying that it's definitely, you know, the story that was going around that she didn't want to take the loss of Alexa. I think that's... I well, think the, that's the what iconic, was going on. It was the Iconics they, they were saying. She wanted to drop the titles to the Iconics. What, I, I I knew it was that, but I think she was supposed to lose her next night to Alexa. Because mm. remember, Bailey ended up doing a match. Yep. So I think it was something like that. And then, you know, there was a story that she was at Raw and she didn't want to take the loss, which I'm just, I'm not sure on that. But it seems like there's something <laughs> between between Sunday and the Raw after Media that happened and she just took off. <laughs> Good call. Good call. And and I agree with you. I think Charlotte is going to defeat Trish Stratus in that singles match, which is the right thing to do. The only way you would you would defeat Charlotte in that match is if you're building up Trish for somebody else. Which if you're gonna beat Charlotte, then fine. Let Trish beat Bailey uh or or, or beat Becky and, and, and become the champion 
and then move on, and whoever's going to defeat Trish, have them defeat her at WrestleMania. If 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 you're if you're going to have one of the, the faces of the company, Charlotte Flair, lose to Trish Stratus, it better make sense, and it yeah. better not be some nonsense. Well, I, I just don't feel like you can do it at this point because at this point, if you have Charlotte beat Oscar twice, she can't lose to Trish. You mm-hmm. you just can't do that. <laughs> Well, we say that. <laughs> we say that, but you know them. <laughs> you you, know, you I, can't I, do that. That, that mean, would make no sense. <laughs> I don't even know where the hell Oscar is, and I and I watched that tag team match the other night, and again, I don't know where Oscar is. I did, we got to put a missing persons report out for Oscar. I don't know uh, where yeah. she is. Well, you know, I I just still think it was a mistake to take the title off of her before Mania. I think she should have stayed champion. That The main event didn't need both titles. And I think taking the title off of her really, really hurt her momentum coming out of the year before. And, I mean, I on on paper, I don't have any problem with her tagging with Kyrie. It's a good tag team. The, having Paige as their manager kind of <laughs> doesn't work, but... I'm willing to give it a chance, but the thing is, you have to put them on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right, and I, and I think Paige is, is an awful manager for that team, by the way. It doesn't make sense. She doesn't fit with them in any way. They don't even dress alike. I don't, so are they a team? It, it doesn't It doesn't make sense. And well, unfortunately, you can tell that Kylie is a lot more motivated because she's taking it like, man, this is my first time on the main roster, and then, yeah, so... You, you can just tell by her, her, her body language in the ring that she's a lot more motivated to be in that spot. And Oscar is just kind of like, what the hell, man? What, am I, what is this? Well, if you look at all of their, because there was about a solid two or three weeks where WWE was pumping out a lot of content around them. Like they were putting out all of their interviews while they were in Japan. They were putting out all of their backstage promos by themselves while they were speaking in Japanese. And you can tell when they are, it's just the two of them. It's just, it's totally different. The energy, the vibe is just totally different. You can tell they enjoy working with each other. Hmm. But that's lost when you have Paige speaking for them. And, I mean, when I think about it, Kyrie hasn't spoken in a word at all since she's been on the main roster. True. And I mean, it just—I don't know. Like I said, I'm willing to give the page stuff a chance, but I really think you got to put them on TV. There, in terms of in-ring ability, they're probably the best tag team you have available in a women's roster. I mean, because I mean, they just completely got rid of Ryan Squad for some reason, and then I think Mandy and Sonya are good together. But other than that. I don't know, and I didn't. I didn't personally care for the choice to put the titles on Alexa and Nikki, but I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with that division right now. It's very confusing. <laughs> oh, it, I'll tell you, it annoys me because Alexa Bliss in real life is, is good friends with Ember Moon. Obviously, they they good. They're both good friends with um, Nia Jax. I mean, that's a that's a stable right there. Those, those are the three mean girls, and it would be perfect. And I think Ember Moon is is, is absolutely would 
make a much better heel than whatever the hell she is right now, because I don't know what she is, by the way. Uh, it's pathetic the way that they've, they've pushed her. But it's like those three women could be a staple, and, and you can develop some great storylines out of that. If you're going to well, put Kylie and Oscar together, get somebody else, make them stable, get Paige out of there, and let's really make this thing a thing. Or just stop, you know? Yeah, I, I think... I think if you're going to build them, because they've been building, building them as a tag team for almost four months now, since since the since the Superstar Shakeup, so all the way back in April, and they haven't been on TV much, and they got one title shot, Iconics win by DQ, then you give them another, and you just throw the belts on Alexa. It's kind of like, I mean. If if you were going to give them anything, I thought the time to give them the win was on Monday. Mm. And now that you haven't, I just don't know what you're doing with them. I don't think they know what they're doing with them. I don't think they know what to do with them. Which is I don't just, think they know what to do with their division in general. I think yep. it's just there. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And again, two women who are marketable, who the fans have, have voted their favorite wrestlers in NXT, Two women who have have wrestled all over the world and can work. They both can work. Yes. And you got them in obscurity. It's just just an embarrassment. It's really an embarrassment. Uh, anyway, like we said, though, Charlotte is, is going to go over on Trish. Next match, which is listed, who knows where it's going to be on the card, but Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. I mean, this match isn't even going to last three minutes. It's, it's going to be it's going to be a, a pretty quick one, right? No, it's it's definitely going to be a squash. Yeah, <laughs> come on, come on. Now, so Goldberg is definitely going to beat Ziggler. I, I don't think you know. It would be. You, I would. I would love. I would love if Ziggler pulled the Bret Hart and was wearing a metal plate on his stomach. So when Goldberg goes to spear him, he hurts himself. <laughs> I would love for that to happen. But. Yeah, the only outcome at this point out of that that would make this good is that somehow, you know, we get <laughs> we get Ziggler wins by DQ because someone interrupts and jumps Goldberg. Matt Riddle. Yeah, that would be great. But other than that, yeah. this is going to be a squash. It's going to be by the numbers. Spear, Jackhammer, good night. <laughs> so, somebody told Dolph Ziggler years ago, Stop taking bumps the way he's taking bumps because he's making other people look too good. And if you bump the way that you're bumped, you bump. You're, you're always just going to be that guy. You're going to be the guy used to get other people over, as opposed to being the guy. And yeah. you know, Ziggler expressed that he didn't necessarily believe in that, and he's doing what he's doing. And to his credit, I mean, he's maintained a job in the company for over a decade, I believe. Um, I, I think he's been there as long as Kofi, which would be about 10, 11 years. But nonetheless, it, it sure as hell has come true. Like he, he is just somebody to get other people over. He is not the superstar, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. And it, it just is going to break my heart to see him lose to Goldberg quick. But that's the only logical thing to do, like you said, unless somebody's going to interfere. Yeah, and the the question I have is, once once you do that, you what do you do with Dolph from there? Yeah. There's no there's no bringing him back from that. You you had him take a squash last month, 
to Kevin. <laughs> and now you're talking about squashing him again at another pay-per-view consecutively. So where do you where do you take Dolph from there? I mean, at this point, he's got to just be happy to have a job with the way they're treating him. Because I know if he went anywhere, he'd probably be the top star in the company. Anywhere else. Anywhere else. Yeah. Great wrestler. Really good promo guy. Yeah. yeah. Still in great shape. Looks great. You know? Just, yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense. He, he could he could run his own stable and be the guy. He could run. He could be the top guy in the Bullet Club, and it would make sense. Yeah, put him in Japan he, right now. He'd be the head of the Bullet Club. Yeah, you could put him. Yeah, you could put him in another promotion, and he'd do great. Absolutely. So it's just it, it's too bad, but hey, he has a job. He's making his money. So what can you say to that? Uh, next match: United States Championship. AJ Styles versus Ricochet. So, what do you think about this match, and who do you think is going to come out on top? They, I don't. I'm, this one's kind of tough to predict because they've kind of booked themselves into a corner. It's like you, you should give Ricochet the win because, you know, he kind of needs it. He only he lost lost his first title defense, right? Yep. But. If you take the title off Styles at this point, because you're building up the club again, and they are dominant with all all three members as champions, it kind of seems like a waste. So I think AJ's going to retain. I think they're going to probably, there's probably going to be some shenanigans or something, and he's going to retain. Yeah, I, I can see that, and that's the thing. you, you got to protect Ricochet by having shenanigans, somebody's got to interfere. But you're right. I, I, I definitely see AJ retaining. And I, I just want to say, uh, I, I give a lot of credit to Ricochet for making the transition from being the, the flippy move mania, ridiculous guy that he was on the indies, to he's still doing flippy moves, but he's doing it at the right time in his matches now. And he's working a much safer style in WWE, which is going to extend his career for a much longer yeah. period of time. Thank goodness. Um, you know, he, he took a little issue with me a couple of years ago when I pointed out that that nonsense he was doing with, with Osprey, although everyone loved the video game moves that they were doing, it's just like, dude, it's, you know, that's not really wrestling. That's not, that's a great display of, of athleticism and, and acrobatics, but, you know, I just want to see you wrestle because you, you can wrestle. He got a little upset with me over that. But it's well, ironic that he's a big star in WWE and he's wrestling. <laughs> so, well, you know. I mean, the thing is, you know, I understood some people's gripe with the Osprey matches, but I enjoyed them for what they were. I think it's a way to enjoy, like, the spot-heavy matches, too. Um, but, I mean, just in terms of what he's doing now, um, somebody sat down with him clearly at NXT and just slowed down what he was doing. Because, I mean, he still is doing a lot of the big spots, but he's just doing everything at a slower pace. Uh, so, I mean, and actually thinking of it, just going back to what we were talking about earlier, I think he definitely should have been one of those guys that stayed down at NXT and became champion. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. And you know something? He would have been better off for it. Because I don't buy him being 
WWE champ or Universal champ anytime soon. That's a that's yeah. a two or three year project at least, and you're really gonna have to build the hell out of that. Yeah, see that that's what sucks about me thinking uh, AJ is gonna retain because he's he's a mid card he's a mid card title guy at the moment. So if if he's not cha- U.S. champion, I don't know what you do unless you just continue the feud with AJ for the next few months. I I don't. Well, I think it was interesting that they plugged him in with New Day the other day, where where they they had a six man tag and he was one of the partners for Big E and Xavier Woods. That was kind of a strange pairing, but it worked. Yeah. Do you continue to do something like that? I'm not against it because it worked. Uh, Every, it worked for me. It worked. It it works, but see, I'm not sure if they're going to keep doing the wild card stuff. You know, they're saying that going to stop by the time October comes. So I don't know. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, so the next match we've got uh, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. This is Bray Wyatt's official return to in-ring competition that's not on a house show. Who do you think is going to win? <laughs> I think it's definitely going to be Bray. I think they they are clearly behind the Fiend character right now. They're doing a great job building him as a big threat. So I think he's definitely going to be sent. I, I think I think not only should Bray win this match, but he's got to take Finn Balor out so Balor can get that time off that he's, he's requested. But yeah. it also gives him a chance to get some time off and come back repackaged, refreshed. Right. Uh, so you, you really got to beat the heck out of him. Like you gotta, you gotta leave him laying. Maybe they should stretch her Balor out. It, yeah, it could I can be, see that. It could be a situation where the match never actually happens. Yeah, where you, he, you you take him out before the bell rings. Yeah, I could see that, or like a DQ finish. I could see that. Which protects Balor, protects Bray, and it it, it continues to give us something to to be distracted by with with the development of Bray's new character while Balor can go away. Yep. You know, so that's that's interesting. And and I'll just say Balor is one of the most protected wrestlers that we've seen in years. If you really go back and you look at all of his matches, win or lose, DQ whatever, you'll notice that there's a lot of protected finishes there. They they very rarely cleanly have beaten Balor since he's been on the main roster. Yeah, uh, that's why I was kind of surprised he didn't keep the IC belt longer. But I guess it has something to do with him taking the time off. Hmm. Um, Which he's, he's earned it. He, he needs it. Yeah, know. that's the only thing I can see. And, I mean, I like Shinsuke as IC, IC champion. He's definitely one of those guys they should be doing more with. So, I don't know. I, Finn just feels like he's missing something. I think he does need to go away for a while and just let them repackage him. Um, because great wrestler, clearly over, but it just just something's just been missing ever since he came back and he didn't regain the universal title. He just seems like he's just there. Oh, and, and I, I think it was a mistake putting AJ as head of the club when it should have been Balor as head of the club and just let him be the guy that runs the stable, who runs his mouth, and he's a smaller guy. And he can act like he's a jerk and all that other good stuff, and you protect him, and, and that's a credible thing. Again, 
he's another one who, who would make a much better heel, which would then force him to become a baby face because he'd be a cool heel. But it's like AJ Styles doesn't need the club. Finn Balor definitely does. Well, it's yes and no because I feel like AJ needed he needed something after he left SmackDown too because he kind of got he got kind of got into a rut where he was getting very boring as a face. And so, if you're not going to make him the big title of your brand, because they clearly were making Seth the title holder of the brand at the time, you got to do something else with him. So I understood making him a heel again. If you're going to make him a heel again, you might as well give him the club back. Um, but as, in terms of Finn, I feel like Finn, they kind of got scared because he's so over the face they were afraid to lose what they had already gained with him. But I feel like you're not... It wouldn't hurt him any to turn heel because he's kind of like Adam Cole and he's he's so cool that you want to root for him regardless. So, I don't know. I feel like it's only a matter of time before he goes heel. Good call. Good call, which will be... He'll, he'll be much better off for it. And by the way, you, you just made me realize Shinsuke Nakamura is not even on this card yet. Yeah. And... Maybe they'll do a pre-show match, which is just an embarrassment to the Intercontinental Championship. Um, boy, just talk about drop the ball. Yeah, I, I thought the Ali match was going to happen, but it sounds like it got cut. I'm not sure if it's happening. I think and, Ali might be injured again. Is he? I, I I think that may be why. I think he. Ah, uh, that sucks. Something happened to him over the, the past week that pretty much scratched that match. Yeah. I mean, you got to do something with Shinsuke as IC champion. There's so many guys you can pair him with that would get good matches. You could you could pair him with Aleister Black. You could pair him with tons of guys on that roster. I mean, Sami Zayn even. Tons of guys you can put him with. Oh, I'll tell you what you shouldn't do. You shouldn't take that championship off of him for at least a year. Let that he, man bring credibility back to that championship and just yeah, have I mean, great matches. I mean, that's kind of his. That's kind of his uh, mark on New Japan is that he was the IC champion for a while. He really brought prestige to that belt before, yeah. um, before guys like Naito, what Naito is doing now. And I mean, I guess you could kind of make the case that Takahashi was like a like second in terms of like most famous IC champions over there, but. Yeah, I see no reason why you can't make Shinsuke one of like the most notable IC champions. It, it just doesn't make sense if if they take that belt off him anytime soon. Because you have a, a person who could be the biggest star in the company, or at least one of the top five, and you don't. Yeah, know he. That's crazy. Yeah, he could have been champion by now. I don't know why they didn't pull the trigger on that. Well, because they think everybody has to speak perfect English, and it's like. I don't give a damn if I never hear Shinsuke Nakamura say another word. When that bell rings, give me a break. Nobody, yeah. nobody's better. Come on. Yeah, he should have. I think he should have won it after uh, Royal Rumble. He should have won it at Mania because he was super hot at the time, super popular. That was the time to make him champion. Agreed. Agreed. Next up, we have Kevin Owens versus the best in the world, Shane McMahon, and this is a. Uh, if Owens loses, he's forced to quit the WWE. Who wins? I think Kevin Owens is going to win. I think Shane's going to go away for a while after this, which is 
really needed for his character because he's gotten really overbearing. Um, I think this is your way of kind of cleaning up, of turning Kevin Owens so soon because he he seemed like he was working when he first came back as a face, and then they just immediately turned him heel, and it just just didn't go anywhere. So it seems like this is their way of kind of changing that changing that back and making him a face again. Good call. Good call. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I think that taking Shane off TV for a little while makes sense. And giving Owens the rub is fine because then you can move him on to the next thing, which there's a million ways you can go, Kevin Owens. But I, I think you have to put him on Paul Heyman's brand, which would be Raw, because Owens fits into the Paul Heyman style. You know, he's, he's great on the yeah. mic, talks trash, he's, he's He's unconventional looking with his body type and the way that he dresses. That's the, Paul Heyman can do everything with a guy like that. So yeah, you know he, yeah. he could be the next Sandman, Kevin Owens. It doesn't have to be that character, but just become iconic like that. If you allow Paul Heyman to do what he needs to do with him. Yeah, I can see that. And I mean, I'm not sure where do you go with Kevin Owens after this. Is what I keep thinking because he's clearly. He's clearly going to be one of the biggest faces on the brand, but you're not going to put him against Kofi again. So where do you go? You're not going to put him against. You're not going to put him in the mid card after that brand. I mean, after that program, you got you got to do something big with him. So I I'm not sure what. Maybe he fused with AJ again. Mm, I can see that. Uh, you know. Yeah. He and AJ go at it again, which we're going to get great matches. At the very least, we're going to get great matches. Yeah, I you know I thought they took the I thought they took the U.S. Championship off KO too soon when he was doing the whole Face of America thing. I thought they had something good going there, and they just kind of stopped. <laughs> it was weird. That's so I could see them feuding for the title again. I don't know. That's WWE. Sometimes the starts and stops just. Hard to understand. Next up, we have Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Again, folks, this is how they have it in order right now. Doesn't mean that's what's going to be the final card order, because I can see that match being the main event. What do you think? Kofi versus Randy Orton. This, this is a feud that's at least eight years in the making. What's your thoughts? I am like a huge Kofi mark. <laughs> I've been a big Kofi fan for years. You know, I I said for years he should be champion. You know, so when he won, I was super excited. And, you know, I'm just still amazed that he's still champion because I think most of us thought he would be, you know, a good story for a little while and then he would drop it because that's kind of what WWE does. But they've fully gotten behind him. They've booked him really strong. Uh, I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win, and I think he's going to definitively put any, you know, boogeyman from the Orton era away. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I don't think there's any logic in making Randy Orton champion right now. He doesn't need a, ch- a championship to be credible. Right. I think that – I don't think Orton can ever work – a full WWE schedule ever again anyway. I think his body's just not going to allow that to happen. Yeah. So, and we're not done with Kofi. I mean, the yeah. the evolution of Kofi Kingston, in my view, 
is we eventually turn he and New Day heel where they're protecting him. They're doing what they can to make sure Kofi doesn't lose the championship, which, in my opinion, you can get six months to a year out of that storyline easily. I get what you mean. you got to exhaust all the babyface stuff for as long as you can, and maybe at WrestleMania you save him and turn him heel at that point. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, but I, I feel like they're saving Kofi. I feel like they're saving that big loss for somebody that they definitely want to put the put the, uh, the company behind. Like I could see what you're saying if he if he turns heel, and I could see them having Roman be the one to beat him. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't I don't think it's going to be Orton. I think it's definitely going to be someone that they want to be the face of the company for the foreseeable future. And and you know something, uh, maybe it's a situation where. You turn him heel in October. You know, maybe maybe it's one of those deals where you, on either Raw or SmackDown, it's a it's an unscheduled match. You just make it happen where it's Kofi versus Roman, and then Kofi's about to lose, and then New Day interferes, and boom, there it is. Ah, uh, that's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be tough to get Kofi booed for a while. I think I think you're gonna have to build on that one for a while because okay. I know there are people that are getting tired of his reign. I see people saying that sometimes, but just, I mean, I don't even think those people would boo him. I think those people are just saying they are kind of done with his reign. I think you, if you're going to get heat on him the way that you want for Roman, I don't, I don't, I think you're going to have to build that one out for a while. What if Kofi and New Day are responsible for what's been happening to Roman? Ah. Uh, <laughs> That whole storyline is weird. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm telling you right now, Phil Lindsay, I love that storyline. I love how ridiculous it is. I love how Roman was getting, he was thugging and bugging on on uh, Murphy the other night. I love the whole thing. I think it's so silly it's good. This, this, is, this is 1990s WWE right here. So do you, do you think um, we're done with, with obviously, if you're saying that you think it could be Kofi and New Day, you don't you don't believe that it's ruining Daniel Bryan. Then. I think that that makes too much sense. It could work. I, I don't think I think Roman should have a problem with those two and wrestle those two and, and have a beef, and then come to find out it wasn't them. I think yeah. there's a lot. You should build this thing at least through October. Like it, it should continue to be a cliffhanger whodunit type of deal because it's generating interest, no matter how hokey it is. It, it's Yeah, it's, it's, like it's very, very hokey. <laughs> yeah, it's like 24-7 championship. I mean, it's it's not on the, the match card, but you know we're going to get three or four different um, title switches on at SummerSlam, and it's going to work because it's just something different, you know, and it's executed well. So, But, uh, yeah, Kofi retains. I, I, I agree with that. Next match, SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey versus Ember Moon. <laughs> Who's going to win that match? Uh, so I had to go with my heart and who I want to win. I kind of want Ember to win. But just given the way she's been booked in the last two weeks, it took a loss last week to Alexa, then you take this weird beat down outside of the ring to Natalia. she's going to lose. Yeah, I mean, I don't 
there's no logic behind putting the championship on Ember because you haven't presented her as a star. No. You, you nope. presented her as, as nothing the, over the past couple of months. Like, she literally has no steam behind her. I don't even know how she has the match at SummerSlam of all places. Yeah, you know, I, I liked... I like the idea of Bailey versus Ember because it's going to be a good match. But I felt like Ember should have at least won like a number one contenders match or something. Sure. Something to earn the match. And once they didn't do that, then they did that weird storyline where she came out and eclipsed <laughs> Bailey and then eclipsed Charlotte. It, I don't know. It just didn't make her look good. And I, I don't know. I, so I think she's going to lose. And I, I'm not sure where do you go from there. Maybe she turn, Maybe she turns at the end. I don't know. I mean, Ember Moon is, in my opinion, is a natural heel. And I know that's probably going to piss a lot of people off that I'm saying that, but I, I, I truly feel that way. And, and when you listen to her talk about her life story and some of the, the challenges that she's had to deal with, bullying and some of these other things, I think that there's a lot of, I need to pay everybody back who's ever hurt me. And I think that's an interesting character trait that's, legitimately within her that can yeah. be projected through a character by look like yeah I'm going to hurt everybody who ever hurt me and I think that there's something compelling about that and like you said I mean she, she's it's going to be a good match because Ember Moon can wrestle her butt off yeah I think Bailey when she's focused she's pretty good too but I think you know Ember Moon pound for pound one of the best women's wrestlers in the world she just hasn't been put in a position where she legitimately can show what she can do since she's been on the main roster, which is a disappointment. Yeah, to me, and this is just going back to my gripe with the way that they handled the Oscar situation, I really thought that Ember should have been the one to end the streak. I thought you had plenty of story there from NXT that she had just gotten that close to beating the streak and she just kept failing every time. And I think it would have meant a lot more to give Ember that win because that would have been a star-making moment for her. Charlotte didn't really need that star-making moment. She was already a star. Agree. 100%. 100% agree. Good stuff. Good stuff. Next match is Becky Lynch versus Natty for the Raw Women's Championship. And this is a submission match. Who's going to win? I think it's definitely Becky. I can't see them putting the title on. On Natty. Yeah, I mean, the, the only way you're going to have Natty win that match is if somebody interferes. Yeah, I mean, I could see... I could see them building to something later. Maybe... Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe maybe we see Rousey, but that seems kind of frost to me. I think they're holding Rousey for a while. I don't think she's ready to come back. Um, the only other person I could see that could interfere is if Shayna loses and Shayna comes up. Mm. But I think even that's kind of a long shot. So, I don't know. I think I think Becky's going to beat her. I think she's going to beat her relatively clean. Um, maybe this leads to more matches down the road. And it's kind of like the Ember and, and Bailey. I think this is going to be a really good match. Um, I think the build has been better than it had any right to be at first other than this week. Natty's for some reason putting the sharpshooter on Ember for no reason. Um, but we'll see. I, I think I think it's going to be a good match, but I think Becky's definitely going to retain. Agree. 
Agreed. I, I don't think this is the time to take the belt off of Becky. I think whoever whoever she loses it to, it should be a big deal. Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't think Natty, she doesn't need it. It's not going to elevate Natty in any way. And Natty is forever etched in history as who she is. She's going to yeah. be a first ballot Hall of Famer, so she doesn't need another championship. So. The last match, which probably is going to be the main event, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the WWE Universal Championship. Yeah, this <laughs> this this feud is a big mess. I don't know what to make of it. I guess we're supposed to be behind Seth, but I don't know. They've you beat up on Seth two weeks in a row. He doesn't look. I guess he's supposed to look like the valiant face, but you make him look stupid. Really, you make him come out there with. An injury, he knows he can't really, you know he can't face Brock with this injury. Um, you, you, you have him come out of WrestleMania where he basically had to cheat to beat him. So, I guess what I'm saying is we're supposed to feel sympathetic for Seth, but it just doesn't work. And you're supposed to see Brock as this immovable force and you're supposed to be impressed with it, but it just doesn't. It just doesn't feel impressive because they've done it so many times. So it's kind of like if you have Brock win, then what? Then you spend the next month, you spend the next few months of Brock holding the title and just annihilating everyone and, and nobody gets over. It's, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> this is a tough one for me to pick because I almost feel like I don't care. I almost I don't care who wins this thing. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not a. I wasn't a big Shield fan. In fact, I was pretty well documented. Roman Reigns is my arch nemesis, and I couldn't stand Dean Ambrose because he was always incoherent when he spoke. And Seth Rollins is just a. a, a, a I don't really think he's a, a nice person. In, in, in interviews, he said, I'm, "I'm. I like being miserable. I'm a miserable guy," which is kind of weird to me. So I never really liked any of those guys. Anyone who beats up those guys was always a joy for me. And seeing Brock Lesnar destroy Seth Rollins over the past two weeks has just been awesome. So I don't want to see Brock lose that championship to, to Seth. I'd rather see somebody like Samoa Joe or I don't want to say Roman beat him, but somebody, anybody but Seth. I don't. I don't want to see that championship on Seth anytime soon. Yeah, I I think Seth should win because I think Seth would make a better champion, but. I think they they ruined that earlier this year when they didn't really push in this champion like they should have. I thought the AJ match was really good, and then we got Corbin matches. I, <laughs> I don't know. I know. I know. It it it's it's weird because he was so good as IC champion. Um, when he was doing the open challenges, he was putting on some great matches. He was consistently getting the most cheers on on Raw. And once they gave him the big title, it's like they didn't know what to do. It, it's weird. Um, well, and, and I think that this is really as far as he can go. And I, I hate to say that because you would assume that the company should be able to support him in a manner to get him elevated further, but I think he's hit his ceiling. A guy like Roman uh, Reigns is a likable person, and I don't like him personally because, you know, I, I like to go against the grain anyway. 
but Roman's a likable person. His 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 ceiling is the sky, because outside of everything else, he's likable. I don't really That's feel true. like Seth Rollins is likable. I, I feel like Seth Rollins is tolerated because he's a pretty good in in ring competitor, but there's really not much more about him that somebody who's never seen him before can instantly say, oh, yeah, I, I like that guy. Brock well, Lesnar is physically imposing and intimidating, and it's like, whoa, I like that guy because he's going to break stuff. I, you know, Seth Rollins is just a jerk. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I agree to a, to a degree, but I don't know if I would say this is a ceiling because he's a he's a world championship guy. I, I think he definitely can hold a world championship for a while. But you just have to book it right. You have to book him kind of like they booked um, kind of like they booked Brett when he was champion for a while, which is basically how they're booking um, Kofi, where he's yep. just like a gutsy face champion. And I think that would work with Seth, but you got to have the right competitors for him to go against. You got to have the right guys to make him look great. But um, Seth likable enough. To fill, Kofi can fill that role perfectly. But see, I don't, I don't think he has to be likable to do that because, I mean, I was never a big Brett guy. I mean, yeah. I never felt like Brett was that likable. But Brett was that guy that he would get out there and wrestle, and he'd earn your respect. And I think Seth definitely can do that because he's one of the better wrestlers in, on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can, if you can put on a match like that with AJ. I'm sure if you put him against somebody like Daniel Bryan, who he hasn't wrestled yet, or, I mean, some of the stuff he was doing with Joe. I mean, even even the match he had with Shinsuke at Survivor Series, the, the guy can put on some great matches. Sure. You just got to put him against the right opponents to make him look like this gutsy guy that just keeps winning by sheer will. And I think that's what they're trying to do now. It's just it's just not working. <laughs> it's... It, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all, and it's not working. I think mainly because, again, when you have somebody like Roman Reigns, and this is something that Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, whatever you want to call him, one of his gripes, he said if, if he and Roman weren't friends, he would resent the guy because it's just like there's Seth Rollins and then there's Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And Seth Rollins is not even, he's not even Daniel Bryan or Kofi Kingston. It's like his his level is more of a Kevin Owens, and those are not A-plus guys. Those are A-minus, B-plus, maybe. Yeah, Kofi Kingston I mean, is an A. Brock Lesnar is a, is a mega star, and Roman Reigns is a mega star, and John Cena is a mega star. It's like when you, when you really look at the tier, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm going to stand firm on this. I think I think Rollins is really he's hitting his ceiling. I don't I don't think he can. You can put the belt on him, but he's never going to be Roman Reigns. Well, of course not. I don't think he's going to be like in terms of guys like if you had to make the analogy, you know, he's not going to be your Rock or Austin where he can just carry the company to the future. I don't no see that. I think that's who he wants to be, but I don't sure. see that. Yeah. But I think. I think he could have a better world championship run than you pulled off with him. I think you could pull off a world championship run with him where he can he can carry the title and be a formidable champion for a while. But just this 
is just not the way to do it. I think they revisited Brock way too soon. I think they should have saved Brock for a while. I don't know. I, I just think going back to having him, because, I mean, he just beat Brock four months ago, and then you just completely erased that win like it never happened four months later. It just it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, and I, I, I think that the whole UFC thing with Brock finally just deciding if UFC is not going to give me the money that I want to fight Cormier, then I'm retiring from UFC. And I think once WWE knew they had Brock forever, like this, I mean, at, least, at least for the foreseeable future, that's when they went back to changing plans up. Yeah. And, I mean, I kind of get it to the degree because there's no there's no other guy on Raw right now that you can make into this big, huge heel unless you brought Daniel Bryan over to Raw or somebody else over to Raw. So you're kind of in a you're kind of in a tough spot, but it just seemed like such a it just seemed like a waste to to just give him the title back immediately. And but I mean, I guess I digress. I never really gave a pick. <laughs> I think it should be Seth. I think Seth should win, but I think Brock's gonna win. I think Brock's gonna win, and I think he's gonna hold the title for another few months. Probably he's going to have another long reign like he had before. Agreed. Agreed. And listen, I, I, I'm not afraid. I'm not against if you're going to keep Kofi um, as a babyface, have Kofi lose his championship to somebody, then go beat Brock. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's one of the only reasons why I would like Brock to stay champion because I think Brock versus Kofi at Survivor Series is such an interesting match. Hmm. Um. But other than that, I don't really see anything out of Brock's reign moving forward other than the same thing we've seen for the last few months. I mean, you you can make the argument now that Heyman's in charge of Raw that maybe he'll he'll show up more, maybe we'll get more material from him, maybe there'll be more interesting stories with him, but I just feel like he's so one-dimensional. Like, there's not much you can do with him other than making him, because they've they've built him up to this level where you can't really make him that vulnerable anymore. I mean, he's he's been one of the most protected guys there is. You've given him huge profile wins, like beating Undertaker. You, you just can't really chip away at that at this point. It's true. It's true, which, again, the beauty of that, though, is whoever does beat him, it should be a big deal. And I, and I capitalize should. Because it's not always a big deal like what Seth did it, but it should be a big deal. So yeah, that's good stuff. Listen, Phil, if if, if listeners want to um, reach out to you, if they want to read your stuff, um, plug 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 your stuff, man. How, how can folks uh, get more Phil Lindsay in their life? <laughs> uh, you can find me at Daily DDT. Uh, you can find my writing at Bell to Bells, and uh, my Twitter handle is uh, Phil D L. 616. Good stuff. Good stuff. Listen, man, I, I really appreciate uh, you joining us this week and, and sharing your expert wisdom on both NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam. And I'll definitely be checking back in with you later on, especially when when AEW debuts and, and SmackDown's on Fox and we get the new version of Raw in USA. I, I bet you're going to have a lot to say 
once the smoke clears and we're in the, the, the full thick of things of the new generation of, of, of pro wrestling on, on television. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's a really good time to be a fan. I think there's a lot of variety for everybody. I think there's good alternatives if you're not a necessarily a WWE guy. I mean, just the fact that we have access to so many other promotions that we didn't have before, it's, it's just a good time to be a fan. That was pretty cool. I'll tell you, I, I really enjoy talking to Phil. He, he knows what he's talking about. Solid pro wrestling journalist, like I said. One of my favorites. The guy knows what he's talking about. He, he, he thinks, you know, he, it's very well thought out where he's going. You can understand it clearly. Just cool guy. Real cool guy. So I appreciate Phil joining us this week. Listen, I want to give a shout out. A couple of shout outs, actually. I want to start first with AEW. You know, I've been holding them accountable a lot lately on, on everything. But I, I, I will hold them accountable on something that is extremely positive. And it's the fact that Jazz, okay, this is a, a pro wrestling legend, Jazz. She's going to be part of their battle royal. It's a women's battle royal is going to be happening, and she's going to be part of it at their next pay-per-view. So that's pretty awesome. Now, Jazz has had a hell of a career, and, and she has bled, sweat, and paid the price of a wrestling lifetime. She is truly one of the living legends in pro wrestling. So to... Honor her by allowing her to be in the, the Battle Royal. And she's going to be on pay-per-view. It's just tremendous. I mean, her career spans 20 years, 20-plus 20 years. Tremendous. So I'm, I'm very grateful and happy for that. Disappointed the WWE. They haven't called her to do any of these reunions or things like that. She should be in the Hall of Fame, to be honest. But classy move by AEW, and I appreciate that. Uh, that's, that's good stuff. It's good stuff. I also want to give a shout out to my friends out, out there in, uh, at High Brew Coffee. You know, you, you've heard me talk about them a lot recently. And I got to have one of these folks come on the show and, and, and talk about the product. It's a really good product. I, I enjoy drinking it myself. It's delicious. And somebody else who enjoys drinking it so much that they became an investor, pop superstar Shakira. That's right, Shakira. My hips don't lie. She is an investor in high brew coffee. Somebody put her in her dressing room at one of her events and she enjoyed the the, the taste of the product so much and you know their story and the fact that they donate some of their proceeds to um, where they get their coffee beans in Colombia and what have you. Just really interesting, interesting stuff there. So shout out to, to High Brew Coffee and, and shout out to Shakira. That's that's a great relationship that is developing there and good to see good to see I also just want to um, touch upon something real quick my man Tony Maglio you know he, he interviewed one of the top executives over at, at Fox television and he asked this guy some pretty tough questions direct questions and it's funny because it's stuff that we've talked about on this show. He asked him directly if the WWE, regardless of the ratings, if they were going to remain on regular Fox broadcasting for the entire five years of their 
contract with Fox when, when SmackDown Live starts in October going forward. And the executive said, yeah, as like, you know, of course they're going to, I'm paraphrasing, but of course they're going <laughs> to stick around. Yeah. Five years. This nonsense that some of these pro wrestling experts have been pushing, saying, you know, if WWE doesn't pull a 3.0 rating, then Fox is going to move them or they might cancel them and all this other garbage. Uh, I've done everything that I can to kind of chip away at that and question that garbage because it was never attributed to any named sources. It was always sources say. Well, you can't get a better source than the guy that's in charge of programming for Fox. And when he says they're going to have a full court press, full push on, on WWE programming with SmackDown, they're going to treat the WWE the way that they treated the NFL when Fox initially acquired the rights to air NFL games. They're going to put the whole machine behind them, man. Then it starts to make me wonder about some of these folks who are quoting, quote-unquote, sources say. Give me a break. WWE SmackDown is being treated like the crown jewel of Fox programming. And I, I can say that confidently because in addition to what the man said in the interview, if you look at the latest graphic for Fox programming, that at least the, the sports division, Roman Reigns is in the center of the photo surrounded by somebody from the Yankees and somebody from the Cowboys. And it's just, it's just a beautiful photo where you have all these sports stars and then you have Roman Reigns in the middle. Which signifies this is the this is the, the the centerpiece of what we're doing here. There's there's nothing to worry about in terms of WWE SmackDown being on Fox. It is going to be a match made in heaven. They're not going to have to worry about oh the ratings, none of that crap. They're not having any difficulty selling ad space. There's no problems there. And for anyone who's ever speculated or, or claimed that sources say, you're, you, I just don't believe you. And it comes back to what I've been saying all along. You don't even have the decency to, to do what Tony Maglio over the rap did, which is reach out to the Fox executive and, get, and secure the interview and ask the tough questions and get the right answers there. You didn't have the decency to do that. But sources say... And I will call him out by name again, Dave Meltzer. I don't believe you're being truthful. I think you need to go back to those sources who say and ask them why they're lying to you. If you have any sources. A 3.0, where did you even get that from? Considering the fact that ratings aren't the most accurate measure of fan interaction with any brand in 2019. It barely scratches the surface. But sources say, right? A 3.0. You don't know what you're talking about. Now, my guy, Tony Maglio, TV editor of the rap, covers the TV industry. He's not a wrestling guy. The TV industry guy who's a wrestling fan. 
So he starts putting in some wrestling content because he can cover it from the perspective of the TV industry, which quite frankly, nobody else is doing. There's literally nobody else doing that right now. And he's getting answers. Now, Dave Meltzer and everybody else, there's some of you out there, I'll call you out by name. I think WrestleZone is a joke right now because they're recycling news. And that disappoints me. Because I've been a fan of WrestleZone. But that website is recycling news. Crap about what Dave Meltzer said on his, on his podcast or in his, his, his newsletter. But you're not verifying anything. You're not going out there and doing the legwork for the most part. That's not journalism. That's garbage. Pure garbage. We got to hold these folks accountable, man. That's why I respect a guy like, like Phil Lindsay because he's going out there doing the work. Creating original stories, original content, giving analysis on things, reaching out to folks, getting information. A guy like Tony Maglio gets off his butt. He goes, secures the interview with the executive from Fox. There doesn't need to be any speculation. Just ask him directly what the heck's going on with the relationship with WWE. About how, what you're going to do with airing SmackDown. About the ratings. Does that really matter? About the fact that if the ratings aren't so great, are you going to be dropping the programming? Or are you going to move it over to FS1 or something like that? The guy said, no, I'm not doing that. It's going to stay on Fox. See, Tony Maglio went out there and got the information. That sources say to Dave Meltzer, whatever that means. We will elevate the discussion. And some of you out there are saying, hey, Duke, you know, you're being very repetitive about this. Yeah, I'm being repetitive about it. I have to. Because the other side's being repetitive and still reporting the same garbage and you guys are eating it up. I'm going to challenge that. Because it's not true. It's not true. And the executive from Fox proved it. Now, go ahead and say that what he's saying is not true, as if he wouldn't know any better. I guess Dave Meltzer knows better than the actual guy at Fox who's running the damn programming, who made the deal with WWE. Maybe Dave Meltzer knows better than he does, right? Or maybe little Johnny so-and-so over there on Twitter who thinks he knows what he's talking about. Fox Fox cancels shows all the time, man. They're not going to put up with WWE's ratings the way they are. Yeah, I guess he knows better than Fox, right? Give me a break. We will elevate the conversation. That's what we're going to do. We're going to speak intelligently about this stuff. We're going to look at it from a perspective that makes sense in 2019. And then we're going to turn around to those who have been shoveling garbage to us. And we're going to ask them, why are you being dishonest? Why are you making up stuff? Why are you completely completely being dishonest about this. That's the way to go. When I ask you about AEW marketing themselves as if they're they're going to be diverse, but then the diversity is not really there. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm going to go over the facts. 
This is what's being presented. This is what they claim. This is what they present. The two don't match, don't mix. Therefore, right? One plus one equals two, right? Or if I say, you know, WWE, they're not paying women equally. Well, we have access to the to who's getting paid what. This means a publicly traded company. We can look at the, the base contract that folks have. So we can clearly see that. It's clearly demonstrated. Right? There's no confusion about that. Right? That's facts. And it would be nice if some of the people who are supposed to be delivering us the news would have a little integrity and conduct themselves in a manner that makes sense. A guy like Tony Maglio goes out there, gets the information from, from the horse's mouth. I can only respect that. Now turn around and look at some of these other folks delivering us content about pro wrestling and ask yourself, out of all these claims that they're making about what's happening, how many of them are actually delivering the information from the source? Yeah. That's right. Listen, folks, SummerSlam. First of all, NXT is going to be on Saturday. I believe the show starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, WWE Network. SummerSlam is going to start at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, WWE Network. Of course, an hour before that, they'll probably have some kind of pre-show festivities. Keep an eye on Facebook. They they do the uh, watch-along type of deal there where... WWE personalities, they you know they like having a little house party, watching the pay-per-view and reacting to it. It's pretty cool. So for whatever reason, if you can't watch the pay-per-view on the network, you can at least watch the watch-along, and that's free. It's on Facebook. It's interesting to watch. I enjoy it. I know a guy like Peter Rosenberg, he complains about it. He says he doesn't like it. I enjoy it. Peter Rosenberg, because they don't use him anymore, he, he complained. Well, it's like 10 people talking over each other. Have you ever been to a wrestling party, Peter Rosenberg? It's 10 people talking over each other. So what? That's what it is. It's not supposed to be perfect. It's supposed to be, you know, a bunch of people in a room having drinks and eating and watching wrestling. <laughs> That's the way it is. I digress. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Enjoy SummerSlam weekend, folks. We'll be back next week. We're going to cover the results and talk about some more top news. Till then, take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.